0: In some ways, we've we've turned our evangelism into a cerebral exercise rather than introduction to the spirit of God. And so we create this space where we just teach people hey, even if you don't believe this, if God's really gonna show up, let's pray. And often He does, and He just tears down walls.
1: Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. And if you know anything about us at Stay Forth Designs, you know that we love partnerships. We don't wanna do life or leadership or ministry alone. So we have some incredible partners that we are working with and some new partners we're gonna start working with. We wanna see this message of health get out to so many different leaders and we cannot do that alone. So we have a partnership that is about to begin with an organization that we can't share about quite yet, but we are excited to bring that to you in the very near future. We've been sharing a little bit about you partnering with us so we can continue to produce this podcast, and this partner is going to help us do just that. We actually think it could be a great partner for any creators of Kingdom Work, whether it's a cause, a ministry, an organization, or even just a one-time project that you are doing. So we are working on this partnership. We're going to get it out here on the podcast very soon. So before this episode begins, we wanted to share... For you to stay tuned about our newest partnership. You'll hear about it in the next few weeks. Enjoy this episode.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, My name is David Bloom, and I'm with my co-host, Alan Briggs. What's up, man? We have a great conversation for you on evangelism, and it's really all about the posture of evangelism in 2020 and what that looks like. Several of you guys leave reviews. Every once in a while, we read those reviews.
1: So TF93 million, whoever you are, you're out there somewhere, says, if you want meaningful discussion about real struggles as well as successes, you'll love this podcast. I recommend this podcast as well as everything else from Stay Forth Designs. Keep up the amazing work. Well, thanks. Thanks for the review. This one is from Do A New Thing. Again, you know who you are out there. It says, they deliver quality content that's relevant, engaging, and fun. They somehow make me laugh, even when discussing hard topics, an underrated skill in the leadership space. Guys, if you could help us out by leaving more reviews, that gets us more reach. Guys, today's podcast, we're talking about evangelism. And our guest, Craig Springer, who's the national director of Alpha, so Alpha USA, came from a place called Holy Trinity, Brompton. God is doing new things across the pond in Europe. That new thing, Alpha, came over here, and it is spreading like wildfire. Craig shares why it's spreading like wildfire, why the posture of questions is so important, and how evangelism is changing and he believes will continue to change over time. It's just such a fascinating conversation I love what Alpha is doing and really just who they are. Some of the stories that he shares, we need more of these stories of people truly engaging in relationship so they can truly engage and meet the living God. It's a great conversation and I think will really meet some of the tension we feel culturally right now of where the gospel is in 21st century culture. So take a listen to this episode with Craig Springer. Guys, this is a great conversation today, and I think a really timely one. I have long admired Alpha. you probably heard of Alpha and Alpha Groups. Maybe you've seen the signs with the big question mark. But today, we're going to hear from the executive director of Alpha USA, Craig Springer. Craig, thanks for joining us on the podcast, man. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I love what you guys do. And um, first of all, congrats on your book. Coming out, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I know that's just a huge labor of love. So, uh, congrats, and we are excited to, to have you here on the podcast to share about the story of Alpha and about your book. So, why don't you just start us out? Where did Alpha come from?
0: Alpha started in downtown London about thirty-five years ago, and it was at a time when the Church of England and ministries in London were facing deep kind of post-Christian reality. The church wasn't respected. People weren't turning to scripture. You know, generations of families had not grown up in the church. And in many ways, it it reflects what we're beginning to experience in cities across America. And the church just said, what are we going to do? The church is empty. You know, attractional efforts aren't working. And they decided to create this space for conversation, this space to invite non-Christians in for conversation um, without correction, without judgment, with great hospitality. And it began over the years, and they started seeing thousands of, of non-Christians, mostly in their 20s, coming to faith. And it grew from there over these last 30 years, in my opinion, to sparking a renewal in the church in the UK, and that spread across the globe. Uh, We estimate maybe 26 million people since then have gone through Alpha globally, 116 countries. And it's a phenomenal movement
1: that I'm really privileged to be a part of. Wow. Incredible. So 26 million people in this format um, across the globe doing this. So we'll get into the format um, in just a little bit, but make it personal. Why did you care enough to come on board and give so much of your energy toward what Alpha is pushing toward? How did your stories intersect, Craig?
0: I was a pastor in Chicago and then in Denver of uh, within two very large, you know, seemingly very successful churches kind of known for impact in the 90s and even in the early 2000s. And um, we just start seeing the trends play out that we all read about. You know, Barna says uh, 59% of millennials who grew up in the church will end up leaving by age 30. I think that number has actually jumped up to now 64%. And we started seeing that trend. We started pouring time and money and effort into bigger and better programs, um, bigger and better personal evangelism training, and nothing seemed to change the the tide. And we just asked the question, where is God working in a post-Christian reality? Because that is where we are heading. We're no longer truly a culturally Christian um, nation. And we turned to London and we turned to Alpha because we just heard about it. And I started visiting and and seeing what in my mind was this this revival drawing people with absolutely no church background or even hostility towards faith into faith in Christ, and then actually going all the way raising them up into church planting movements. And I just said I want to be a part of this. And so we, just as a pastor, we started launching it in our contexts. And it's not a instant microwave solution. But we started seeing things change. We started seeing an increase in in people outside the church coming, not necessarily to services, but to the space that we created for conversation about faith. And then ultimately more baptisms, and it began to change our culture. People began living more intentionally. And you know, over time, in both those church contexts now, many thousands have gone through Alpha. And, and uh, of course, I went back and forth a ton to London and built Friendships with Alpha, and I just felt like there's no better mission I want to give the next few decades of my life to. So it felt, in a way, personally, uh, vocationally, kind of leaving the 99 to go after the one. It's like, this is the most effective way that I've ever seen to reach the one who the father is longing for. So I'm going to give my life to it. Mm, that's beautiful. Why do you think it's growing so rapidly, Craig? Well, let me just point to the U.S. for now. We have seen in 2019, probably an estimated close to 400,000 people just in the U.S. go through Alpha this year, this last year, maybe around 7,000 churches. And we have seen tremendous growth over these past few years. And I think because Alpha was really stumbled into in a post-Christian setting where there was no other option for attractional big programs or confrontational evangelism, or even sort of effective kind of personal one-on-one evangelism. Um, it was sort of built in the soil of the future in a post-Christian reality. And America is emerging into that now. And it's almost like we've been able to beta test what really works in a post, post-everything era. What are sort of the new rules for evangelism? And I'm going to share some, a few of those in a bit if we get to it. But I, I think we discovered, so, so for example, we did this reviving evangelism study with the Barna organization this last year. We published it um, as a monograph. And a startling stat was that we found 47% of millennial Christians in America believe that sharing their faith with others is morally wrong. It's just like mind-boggling. And they're, they're, they're not saying it's difficult. They're not saying it's undesirable. They're saying, I think it's wrong. But these are millennial Christians. And then we see evangelism eroding throughout America. Um, just a few other stats. 38% of adult Christians in the U.S. don't have a single non-Christian friend in their life. That's crazy to me. Uh, less than half of adult uh, I'm sorry. Half of adult Christians in America have two or less spiritual conversations per year. So it's really sort of like culture shifting one way, and the efforts of evangelism in the U.S. are becoming insular, and we're becoming less and less effective. And so um, we just have to re, you know, rediscover what does evangelism that works well look like. And I think again, Alpha has been growing so rapidly because it's it's been primed to work well in sort of this post-everything era that we're culturally leaning into now.
1: All right. So take me into an alpha group, Craig, what are the do's to make sure that this environment is rich and the don'ts to make sure that we don't destroy this environment?
0: Let, let me give you two points, just to kind of build it out a little bit of backdrop. Jesus asked 307 questions. He was asked 183 questions. He only directly answers in scripture eight questions, which is completely different than our trained U.S. approaches to evangelism. Like we're trained to proclaim, you know, we're, we see a empty theology or a hole in someone's thinking and we just come in and pound in the truth from the outside. And, and of course we have to proclaim, but culture is asking for more. Um, there's there's too many hostilities, there's, there's too much polarization for people to listen to our kind of one-sided proclamations. And so we have to prepare the soil for that. And that's what Alpha does so effectively. It's Alpha introduces conversation, you know, listening into the journey of evangelism, not only proclamation. And that's, I, I believe the way of Jesus. And so an Alpha group can happen Um, often they're happening at church buildings. It doesn't have to be, you know, a hipster coffee bar, but it can be. They're happening in homes. They're happening in prisons. We're in over 600 prisons in the U S we have three components to it. So there's always food. It's a great hospitality. Everything good happens around a meal. There's always a talk right now. We have an excellent global documentary film series. It's about 10 weeks of sessions with a, uh, kind of immersion weekend in the middle of that. And there's always group discussion. And group discussion is the most important part. So we say the film, that's our chance to share a bit about what we think, about the basics of faith. But the group discussion to our guests from outside the church, that's your chance to share what you think, what you believe, poke holes in anything. And the key is that any alpha host or helper a Christian is trained to not answer or rebut the questions. They're trained to just listen. They're trained to say, hey, tell me more. Like, Where does that come from? Uh, does anyone else in the group feel or think similarly? And it is a surprising impact on people when they come into the church in a Christian environment. And you know, there's, a, there's a conversation generator in that documentary film about faith. But instead of judgmental correction or sort of a master teacher approach we're creating space for people to be heard and over the course of time because it's a process-based experience people's walls come down you know we can get from that first question which is usually sort of lodged in the head to the second and third and fourth questions which are entering down to someone's heart where they can ultimately be transformed and so we're first creating that soil of conversation the space of conversation for listening And that is probably the number one distinctive of Alpha. And then just quickly, the second is um, so often we lean on the power of our explanation. I think of Romans 1.16, it says that, um, you know, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. I have reinterpreted that unintentionally for so many years as a pastor and leader as the gospel is the explanation of men or of Craig for the salvation of those beliefs. If they just get it right and how I answer, um, you know, the, the, the five ontological reasons why God exists or whatever, then they might cross the line of faith. But really alpha is just creating a container over time with hospitality and belonging before they have to believe through listening and conversation so that we can take people to this place where they can experience the power and presence of God. So we're actually introducing people into prayer before they even believe. And in this study we did with Barna, we found that uh, most non-Christians report they'd be open to faith if they had an eye-opening spiritual experience themselves. And in some ways, we've, we've turned our evangelism into a cerebral exercise rather than Introduction to the Spirit of God. And so we create this space where we just teach people, hey, even if you don't believe this, if God's really going to show up, let's pray. And often he does, and he just tears down walls. And just one more uh, stat from that Barna study. We found the number one thing that non-Christians are looking for and someone who talked about faith with that would cause them to be more open to faith is someone who listens without judgment and who doesn't force me to draw a conclusion. And the flip side is true as well. We found that the least effective, what non-Christians are saying, the thing that pushes me away from this journey of faith is is a Christian who's number one, has all the answers to questions about faith. Number two, is good at debating topics. Number three, forces me to draw a conclusion about faith. And so, just you know, first we have to create that space, that holding space for people to be heard. And then I think of um, my buddy, Jason, who is a police officer in Aurora, Colorado, which if any of you remember in 2012 was the community that was um, ravaged by the shooting at the Batman theater premiere. I can't remember how people died then, but Jason was the first first responder in that room. And he walked in secured the scene and just, Ended up collapsing, holding people as they were passing away. I mean, it's completely traumatic. Then he said, the next week, I was called in on some domestic violence issues, and I had to separate a father as he was essentially abusing his kids and looking these kids in the eyes. And and he said, I felt in that moment, those two moments combined, literally a cement truck come in and just pour in cement in my heart, and it hardened, and I'm done. And he ended up coming to Alpha at our church because his wife went to, they didn't go to our church. She went to the MOPs program, the Mothers of Preschoolers, which I absolutely love. And she heard about Alpha and she was concerned about her husband and sort of made him go. And he came and again, kind of building those things in, you know, he shared, I don't believe any of this stuff. Um, He didn't give us any reason why for the first couple of weeks. And of course we listened, you know, we didn't shut it down with explanation and, about week four, he said, um, "Hey, I know you guys are all here wondering, is God real? But when when you've seen what I've seen, you know He's not real. There's no There's no good God that could ever allow that. And of course, there's no good answer to that question. You know, ultimately, it's God's presence alone. And so we invited Jason on, onto the. There's always an alpha weekend in the middle, and just said, Jason, I know you don't believe this stuff yet, but if God's real, He'll show up to you." Would you just try this prayer, come Holy Spirit and wait and see what happens. And so he stood there about three minutes, quietly, nothing. And then about three, after three minutes, he just started crying and quietly and then just built a little bit more volunteers came around him and just prayed very simple prayers. You know, more of you, Lord, show your love, God, you know, come Jesus. And after about eight minutes, he just stopped and you know wiped his face. He was like, "Jason, what happened?" He said, "I have no idea. I literally just felt concrete shatter off of my heart and like warmth pour in." And he said, I, "I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I love Jesus. I'm His. He's He's taken me." And then, literally three weeks later, Jesus was uh, Jason was baptized with his two boys and jumped back into our Alpha as a. As a volunteer leader. He's totally plugged into our church now. And it's just this concept that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. We're not going to convince people through explanation alone, but we're introducing people to a relationship with a living God, not just a statement of beliefs about that God.
1: It's incredible. And how many Jasons are among us, Craig, you know, that, that just won't be honest with us to share that That's what they are thinking and processing, and have been through really, really hard and traumatic things. To me, it really feels like you guys have continued to adapt and grow as the questions do, and I love seeing the alpha sign with the big question mark as I drive past, and I wonder how many people have questions about God they don't feel safe to go in and ask, and a sermon at a church probably isn't the right space to, to be able to do that. I'm just so grateful. I know there are thousands and thousands of stories every year happening just like that. Um, and I love, love, love um, what you guys are doing. Um, talk about how this is reshaping and reforming maybe some people who are de-churched and maybe have kind of thrown out some of the church gatherings, have pushed against um, the established church in America. What are, what are some of the things you guys are seeing of the de-churched uh, maybe coming back to faith and belief through Alpha?
0: You know, I absolutely love the church through and through. I mean, I still, am, you know, fully plugged in to the church. And I think, I think every church in America should still proclaim our our socks off, you know, and try and get people to the gatherings and all. The fact is, um, that'll never be enough because not everyone is showing up. And, and you know, church attendance is in decline. in every oncoming generation, and and especially in America, where we where we have had a majority of professing christians many of whom were reaching and even more so i think in suburban con- and rural contexts have experienced or or for some reason you know put blame on the church for pain in their life uh, whether it's you know accurate or or just projected and until the church creates a space not just to speak at but to listen to will never regain their heart or their trust. Um, I mean, I, I think of just any conflict with my kids or with my wife. And, you know, if I come in with guns blazing about what's right and wrong and how what I think, I am just going to lose them. But if I seek first and create space first to draw out their heart, what was their experience, whether it's true or not, you know, I or... Um, hundred percent accurate or not. I need to hear it. And, you know, David Augsburger is an author and professor. He says that being listened to is so close to being loved that the average person cannot tell the difference, which is very profound. And I know that f- to be true in my marriage, you know, like if I could just ask my wife, like, tell me more of what you mean, or how did you experience that? I mean, we have to create space in our church to do that for the, the millions in our country who have stepped away and until if we, all we have is theater style seating with, you know, sound systems facing their ears, we're never going to recapture their heart and involvement. But if we create a space to hear from, let them process, not just doubts and questions, but hurts as well. Um, And we found when we create that space, you know, people are, so hungry to come back to their father in heaven and, and plug back into the church. So we found in uh kind of an impact study that we did with Barna on alpha, um, two different sets of people. So of the non-Christians who step into an alpha and complete it, we found 82% of them report developing a relationship with Jesus on the other end of the alpha course, which is an awakening in my mind. But Interestingly, we found 78% of lapsed Christians, which maybe you would call, you know, de-churched in some way, 78% report getting plugged back into their local church. It's, It's because they're being listened to, they're being heard, they can belong with their doubts, and they're unaware, but they're actually being discipled into how to do life imperfectly in community as part of their uh, rediscovery process and faith because they're they're learning in a small group environment they're learning to ask their questions in a small group environment they're learning over a ten week time frame to dip their toe back into the church and you know in the end that kind of holistic journey was all connected to that local church, and so they they generally end up plugging back in, which is exciting
1: that's beautiful. I love that and uh and I wonder where today you might go to learn to be a better question asker. That's a huge thing. i mean, in our team at Stay Forth does coaching and consulting, which is based on questions. We've had a few people come on the podcast specifically to talk about the power of questions. Jesus rarely answering with an answer, but actually with a question back as his form of, of an answer to go deeper. And I just think you guys are doing a spiritual formation of actually teaching people to ask the right questions. So I'm so grateful for that, Craig. I love to hear the numbers and the stories together, Um, you guys just having an incredible impact. You have a freshly released book. Uh, Congratulations on that. How to follow Jesus. Like that is, that's a huge deal, man, to, to release a book. So why did you take on the undertaking of writing how to follow Jesus?
0: I, I mean, it started when I became a Christian, I came from a very messy rebellious background and jumped into what was totally foreign territory. I mean, and it was a, it was a true conversion. There's no question about it. It's just that the next day I ended up smoking weed and making out with someone and just like going back to my old lifestyle. And yeah, I mean, it was 25, it was 25 years ago. So, Hey, Um, and there's been plenty of confession along the way and, and, and transformation. I, was handed all kinds of books and went to all kinds of church services. And I really struggled and felt overwhelmed. Like I can't figure out all this vocabulary. I don't know what's more important than the other. Um, A lot of what I was given was sort of like really in-depth systematic theology or church history or like deep, deep kind of 501 level spiritual formation. And I just felt like, man, could someone just give me an orientation? Like, I don't have any background in this. And um, I couldn't find it. I mean, I, I pieced it together over time and developed what feels like a thriving faith over the years. And then as a pastor, especially in some of the larger church contexts, I mean, we had some years where we were baptizing, I mean, at least in Denver, we you know, when we baptized, there were 600 people in our church. And I felt this joy in the moment and then an intense Um, spiritual responsibility and weight, like, oh no, how do I ensure that every one of these people are, you know, good soil that only one in four of them isn't going to last. How can I disciple all these people? I can't, I don't know. And we don't have sort of a plan in our church to effectively bring someone along, especially someone with zero church background. So I, I just clearly, you know, looked around for a ton of resources. I couldn't really find what I was looking for. And I just felt God say, Hey. You know, write it. So it, it is really an introduction to the key elements of how to ensure that your faith can fast, last a lifetime for someone who has absolutely no church background.
1: Awesome. I, I love that. Can't wait to read it. And um, even just to be a resource, if you're a pastor listening, if you are a friend, a mentor, a disciple or listening, I think we've all felt that weight that you talk about. It's like somebody crosses a line of faith And we don't know where to start. And and I'm so grateful that that comes straight from your story as well, Craig. Is there one particular part of this book and of this message that you think is going to be uniquely helpful to those reading it who are just stepping into the faith?
0: Yeah, I really took a very disarming approach and tone where, I mean, I'm laying out some yeah, you know, hard truths and practices around prayer and and scripture and generosity, forgiveness, confession, um, doing life in community. But it's a very disarming approach. I just kind of put myself back where I was when I first stepped in, and and you know I felt like I could bolt at any moment if someone slammed dogmatism or religiosity on me and. So I really kept that in mind. I, I I am personally proud to give it to anyone uh, who's coming from a background where they, they might, they may love Jesus, but maybe even still question the church. And then how do I just practice this out? So that's a big deal. And I think. Um, you know, as as pastors and leaders, you know, we we run baptisms and membership courses, and then we have all these response times and church services. And I just always wanted that. What's that single volume thing that, you know, even if someone might not show up again next week or next few months, if they can just get into this, I know that they'll begin building that root system. So that's my hope for it. And And of course, for someone who completes an Alpha course too.
1: Yeah, totally. And as maybe even a companion in both of those. Um, If you're listening to this podcast and you see these as valuable resources, pick them up, um, order this book. You can grab it on Amazon, Um, Alpha Courses. If somebody's interested in an Alpha course um, at their church, what's the easiest way to go about that, Greg?
0: Just go to alphausa.org, and you can see right up there – run alpha and all, uh, all the training is there. The, the courses, we give it away all for free. It's the gospel. So we just, you know, our whole job is to um, serve the church in this way. So you could just download everything you need for free and
1: start a course. It's easy. Awesome. I love that. So you know that our focus on the podcast, Craig, is about healthy leadership. And we believe that it is indeed possible to continue to lead for the long haul without losing your soul. We hear so many stories of carnage today with leaders. Before we started recording, we we're talking about some of the the stresses. Um you're stewarding a lot. You've got a lot going on, as well as anybody listening to this. Um, there's a lot of weight and and responsibility and we want to steward that well. So we, we always want to talk about health at the end of the podcast, but I want to push in a little bit today, um, before we talk about health to talk about unhealth. Um, what does unhealthy Craig tend to bend toward? And then what are some of the ways that you stay away from that and, and kind of stay on the straight and narrow path of health in your life? I, uh, the idol I battle is
0: needing significance, you know, needing to prove myself through accomplishment. And, you know, I've driven myself to the bone, driven those around me away, um, seeking that need and uh, have had to do a ton of work around that, you know, identifying what's driving this need for significance. You know, it, it, it comes from ultimately not being able to rest in my significance in the Lord and trying to crafted on my own and there's all kinds of reasons that develops and so i have to be really cautious to daily sometimes gently sometimes forcefully remind myself that nothing i can do um no experience i can go through is going to give me what the lord can give me just in prayer you know or with with close friends in him. So
1: that's been, that's been a key battle. Well, thanks for sharing. We appreciate your, your honesty. How do you battle that? How do you, you push against that? Um, And and what are some of those practices that you have in your life to stay healthy?
0: Yeah. I mean, some of the, kind of the, the real bread and butter stuff, you know, every morning time with the Lord in prayer, in scripture, um, connected to local church and worshiping with my family unplugging you know at the right time every day for some portion of every week and and at times year. one of the ones that i see some people missing as i've been somewhat close to, as i've seen some leaders kind of fall out is having a no secrets community and that can't be with everyone but we have to create it and i i've seen leaders have friendships and ministry contact and stuff. But, you know, with both my wife and then I have a small group of guys, we've been together with 13 years now and all of us are, most of us are in ministry vocationally and it's built up enough trust over time. And it's basically, we just have a pact with each other. Like you cannot hide and you have to be the one responsible who will bring whatever it is. And so at various times when we get together, we'll, well, we'll actually ask the question of one another, what's the one thing that you don't want us to know about you today? And we've just had to build that courage to answer that question together. And sometimes it's total gracious acceptance. Sometimes it's, you know, a bunch of buddies that just kick you in the pants and help you build a, um, you know, plan out from wherever that is, whether it's significance or lack of self control, whatever. And so, personally, and then for those that are in this group, and we affectionately call it Man Group, which sounds ridiculous, but you know, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we we're really disciplined to make sure there are people in lives that in our lives that that know it all, and that is a high incentive. To know, uh, like if I if if I'm um, on the edge of, you know, a, a, a brash reaction or or a hurtful thing to say or do to myself or others, I know I've got to have to check in, in truth and honesty with a, with a group that loves me and will hold me to it. And so I I get nervous for leaders that have crafted a life where they can. Um, perceptibly get away with stuff without having people who they're accountable to knowing those things about. So I think it's really important to stay healthy.
1: Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Craig. And I think more and more, um, we are seeing leaders get serious about their souls today. And we're hearing overwhelming feedback that at what cost are we going to push into impact if we're not living as God has designed us to? Um, its roots, its fruits, and so thank you for that. And um, Craig, I just uh, hope this book continues to feed souls. And I know you've invested a lot of your time into this. Uh, love what God is doing through Alpha. Thank you to your team, what you guys are doing here, um, and of course, kind of notes from the future of what God has done from London, hopping over the pond, now going all over the world. Just incredible to see the movement. And thanks for your part in it.
0: Thanks a ton, Alan. It's so good to know you and. I uh, just love that you're doing this podcast for the the soul of leaders.
1: Appreciate it. And keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you. Well, David, I just think this is a crucial conversation. You and I are are huge on relational evangelism, on conversation, on actually knowing our neighbors. And I know you come at this from a little bit different angle than I do, but with the same heart. I think everybody has just kind of a different way that we engage conversation and that we engage Questions. I love having coffee with my neighbors. I know you love getting to know your neighbors, and you're in a new place uh, right now, and in your first year in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, getting kind of used to that community and, and that space. But uh, for me, I was just reminded of how we need to continue to be asking the hard questions and letting people engage the hard questions. And sometimes, honestly, I just need to shut up while other people process. And and many times, we can have the answers. Uh so how do you see
2: um this posture of evangelism changing? Yeah, I think for a very long time our posture has been giving answers to questions that people aren't actually asking. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just leading with that and what I love about Alpha is there is an immersion into and an exploration into what is the culture actually wrestling with? What are they wondering? Because these are you know, universal questions, longings of our hearts um, that every culture has always been asking, but maybe we're asking it in a different way. Maybe we need to reframe the questions or have a re-understanding or rediscover the questions that our culture is asking so that we can um, address it, so we can step into that conversation, so we can, you know, have a fruitful discussion rather than, you know, leading with the answer um, I think that posture of of figuring out what the culture needs in this season of life is is really important. And so that's kind of each culture is going to look a little different. And so you kind of have to exegete your culture wherever you find yourself. And for me, I'm familiar with where I'm at now, but it is a re-engagement in okay, what are we wrestling with as a culture and how can we address address that with real answers that scripture yeah. gives us?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, we we need so much discernment today to lead well, to live well, and certainly to be ambassadors of Christ in our culture today. That is not an easy task. But just a reminder of you guys, the Holy Spirit goes with us, gives us wisdom, discernment, power, comfort, and that God is not surprised by these changing times. And actually, these changing times, I believe, are a great opportunity to re-engage imagination, curiosity, conversation. How many people actually have true conversations today? So something that I love to say is this, take comfort, my friends, the bar is low. If you're in one good conversation this week, maybe that blows somebody away. You ask one meaningful question to somebody who's a cashier or who's your barista, then that may be the deepest question that they've heard all week. The question here to end this podcast is how can you engage in a posture of relationship With other people? How can you engage in a posture of relationship with other people? Maybe you're convicted on simply giving the answers. Maybe you haven't trusted the God uh, that is alive to go ahead of you and actually ready people's minds and hearts and lives for what He's going to plant in their lives. But how can you approach relationship with a different posture? Guys, so much is on the line. I believe these are great opportunities we have today, but also the spirit of fear, I think, has never been thicker than it is today. And so just remember the words of Jesus that says he's overcome the world. He's already overcome the world. He's already fighting battles for us. Guys, we get to enter into the victory. It's a great conversation today. I love what Alpha is doing. If you're interested in checking them out, you can grab a link in the show notes. I highly recommend Alpha and what they are doing and the posture they're letting churches take. We love, love, love interacting with you guys, having reviews. And of course, if you guys shoot us, An email, we would love to hear your direct feedback if you have any thoughts, guests you'd like to bring on the podcast or topics that you want to talk about. As always, we are crazy enough to believe you can indeed lead for the long haul without losing your soul. Guys, we believe it is possible to lead healthy and lead for a long time. We're hearing more and more of those stories. So as we send you guys out today, we just want to remind you, lead healthy, health leads to greater impact. We'll catch you on the next episode.
0: Smoke is so long. So.